Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a Super Bowl for the ages. We kick off a new season in NASCAR this weekend with the iconic Daytona 500. Deals, deals, and more deals. Who came out of the, who came out on top of the NBA trade deadline, and who did not? On the shores of Lake Erie, the best of the best from the NBA descend on Cleveland. March is right around the corner. Our five college basketball games of the week. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a what is it Thursday, Wednesday night in uh, Delaware, Ohio. Back in Matt's basement, live coming at you. Like Colton said, we're gonna go over uh, you know a pretty exciting Super Bowl. I thought you know it was a good game mistake free for um the Bengals. i mean i thought they they did everything they could do to win i did, they were just a little outmatched i thought athletically kind of showed up more towards the end of the game um uh, but uh you know they they gave the rams a, a good run the rams wound up not covering the spread so <laughs> if you bet money on the rams even though they won you lost <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so you know like dad said you know Rams come out on top 23 to 20 and you know what what a game this 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 was but uh you know hat, hats off to the Rams I mean they they played until they never you know never gave up in that in that sense I mean they uh yeah you, you thought when when Stafford threw those couple of picks you know it was like oh man he really he hasn't played this bad in the whole playoffs and now these you know these picks that have maybe plagued him in the regular season or plagued him in, in his career are finally starting to catch up to him but the Bengals just weren't weren't able to capitalize on, on on those two turnovers. You know, they they got you know a couple points at you know field goal or whatever, but you know would <clears throat> obviously like to put a couple of touchdowns up on the board to, to really seal it, but just weren't able weren't able to do it. So you know the the hometown team of, of the Rams playing in their you know new five billion dollar stadium, um, you know get 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 the win and go actually back to back. Now we've had two teams win back to back now in in their home stadiums you know yeah, tampa bay doing it stat. doing it last year and then now you know the rams doing it this year so uh super, super bowls in in glendale arizona so you know money money on the cardinals next year <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah it's funny you should mention that you know stafford only threw three picks the whole postseason two of them in this game right. so you know you would you would think the edge would have went to the Bengals. um but, uh, you know, I think like we talked about, not, you know, no, no big surprise, the pass protection just did not hold up for uh, Joe Burrow. You know, they talked about him having to get the ball out of his hand in three seconds or less, and he did that. I think they he averaged like 2.61. So, mm -hmm. you know, they had the game plan. They, they knew what they needed to do. They just, and, it, uh, and it was working for most working. of the game until, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the Rams. It was, it was really quiet. I mean – he got sacked seven times, which tied a Super Bowl record, but it was a quiet seven sacks. Right, so right. It, I mean, it did, they, they kind of crept up on you there by the right. end of the game when you finally saw that stat come, right. across, the, come across the screen. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty much what we talked about last week leading into this, the big key of the game, that a defensive line for the Rams, they're just relentless. They mm -hmm. keep coming and coming yeah. and coming. They can just throw so many different bodies oh, at man. you that, you know, all of them are so capable athletic. of getting, getting so a sack. Athletic. So it's not that you can just, you know, stop one guy or two guy. I mean, you gotta, you gotta block everybody because if not, somebody's getting free and then gonna, you know, put Burrow in, in the ground. So, and, uh, you know, they, there for a while, I mean, both defenses were kind of getting a little bit of pressure there, yeah. you know, yeah. in the fourth quarter, I thought, 
I thought before too long we were going to have a battle of the backup QBs right. because both both, both QBs limp, you know came off yeah. came off the field limping, so it almost came down to who had the better better backup quarterback to 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 win this Super Bowl. I, I couldn't even tell you who the backup for either of those teams was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, the Rams, I definitely don't know. I think the 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 Bengals is a, a QB from like Arkansas. He, he's got a couple of minutes this yeah. this year. Just I think the time when Burrow. Like the week after Kansas City, when Burrow, you know, had the knee injury and the Bengals really weren't playing for anything in the playoffs, he he sat out. And I think it's Brandon Brandon Allen, I think is the guy's name that that's the backup for for Cincinnati. But yeah, the Rams, I have absolutely no idea who who the backup is right. there. Well, you know, I, I I looked at something over the over the postseason there, and you know, as good as the Rams' defense is, the Cincinnati's defense played pretty well um, mm-hmm. through the postseason. The Rams recorded twelve sacks and 20, 20 tackles for losses, but the Bengals recorded 10 sacks and 19 tackles for losses through the right. the postseason. So, I, I you know, all the pieces are there, and I think that's maybe going to lead us into our next discussion, I think. Um, you know, are the Bengals coming back next year? Uh, what do you think, Matt? I'll tell you, uh, <clears throat> all signs point to, yes, they should be back, maybe not next year, but in the very near future. They've got the third most cap space left in the NFL so they should only be able to get better. However, that's going to depend on is the ownership going to spend that money and, and get the guys they need. They definitely need to they need to revamp that offensive line. They got to yeah, get better that's, there. That's priority number yeah. one, I and, think. And then I think they got to work on that secondary. As good as Eli Apple is, I, I think he's a he's a, 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 he's a nickelback in the right. NFL. He's he's not mm. that star corner. They, right. they need to go out and get somebody who can really be that true. Well, you know, true Mike Brown's known as being one of the cheaper owner, you know, cheapest right. owners in the league. So right, right. And you, you got to pay for that pass protection. Well, especially especially when you got you know all those offensive weapons right now at a at a discounted price. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Jamar Chase who's on a rookie contract sure. at, at a discounted amount. You got Joe Burrow on a rookie deal right. at a discounted amount. I mean, in in a few more years. All those contracts would be due. coming, you know, so it's like, yeah, you either, you know, got to play play for now while you got, you know, you're saving money on some of your better players because down the road, you're you're not going to be able to save that money because if these guys continue to produce like they are so far, I mean, they're going to be looking for for mega deals when it when it comes, you know, their second go round for getting a contract. But, yeah, I, I think the Bengals definitely are set up for for success. Um, obviously, they got a tough road there in in the AFC with you know, the bills and the chiefs to, you know, possibly contend with. And, you know, at the same time, you just, there's always one team in the AFC and, you know, the Bengals were that team this year that, that just surprises. So, you, you know, it's, it's tough, it, you know, it's right. tough to not only repeat as the Super Bowl champion, but repeat to even make it back to the Super Bowl as the runner up. So yeah, yeah, like, you, like you just mentioned, you know, they have Buffalo with Josh Allen to contend with. They have Kansas city mm. with, with their great quarterback there and Patrick Mahomes, Tennessee, if, if they can somehow do something to go get Rodgers on that team, right? I think they're a quarterback away from being about as dominant as they come there in the mm-hmm. NFL. So I mean, it, it's definitely a, a tough road to hoe there for the Bengals. And you know, I, I want to con- caution even in their, even in their I, own I division. Caution Bengals fans though, because I've, I've heard a lot of them. Oh, we're we're two years ahead of schedule. We got there. You know, we're just happy we got there this time. But you know, you, you got if you get there, you got to win it because. Look at a guy like Dan Marino. He went there his second year in the NFL, never got back. Right. Yeah. So right. I mean, it's it's not it's, it's tough. Not it's, easy to get to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. yeah like I said, relish every but moment. I, you Let know, alone win it. Right. It's tough to get there to and begin it, with. 
and, and they got the pieces. I, you know, the franchise quarterback. You know, that's his new nickname, Joey Franchise. So, right. I think on the will of Joe Burrow, you can't count that out. I right. think on well, the team you, whole, the whole team just rallies around him. I mean, they got not yeah. only a QB, but they got a veteran leader. You know, I say veteran, and he's only been in the league for two years, but he, but he a, seems a like proven leader. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah, definitely the Bengals got the core to do it, but they need to have obviously you know add some. Some, some pieces to, to make it all work. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, one other question we're going to throw out there at you. Um, now with the Super Bowl ring, does Matthew Stafford, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback now? It's interesting because, I mean, I think you can make cases for both for both sides, um, you know, and, and for me, I think um, I have to say yes at this, at this point. And, and I only say yes because – let's let's face it I, I don't think the guy is retiring tomorrow so right. i think he's still he's still got some work to do i'm not saying if i was to pick right this second i'd say no but knowing that he has a few more seasons left in him i think he does i don't know that he wins another super bowl but i think he continues to put up more more stats and more you know more stuff to add to his you know to his resume to move up those all-time qb stat you know lines but yeah, I would say if if I'm picking right now, I'd say no. But I, I I'm going on the you know the premise that he's he's going to add a few, he's got a few yeah. more seasons to add to it to you know I I think he's got a long way to go. I think he's got to do a lot more to be a Hall of Famer. Right now he's he's been he's been a Pro Bowler once, yeah. once in his entire career. That mm-hmm. doesn't speak greatness to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he was on some bad teams, but a star quarterback even on a bad team should be able to make a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I. I a little shocked by that stat when I saw it. Yeah. And also the other thing, I don't. Uh, Stafford wasn't the reason they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I believe Jared Goff could have won the Super Bowl with this exact same team. It, I mean, if you they, look at it, the, the guys, two, they, years the ago. guys they went out, they went out and got Jalen Ramsey on the defense. Mm-hmm. They went out and got Vaughn Miller on the defense. Those are the guys that were the difference makers between that team that didn't make that made the Super Bowl and didn't win a couple years ago mm-hmm. to this team. Mm-hmm. So let's look at let's look at stats between Goff and Stafford this year alone. Mm-hmm. So Goff threw for sixteen hundred less yards, but you got to remember he didn't have the weapons at receiver. He didn't have the offensive line. He was on a much worse team. Mm-hmm. That's really not that far off. Mm-hmm. Their completions percentage was identical. Mm. So I mean they're they're very comparable quarterbacks. I I truly believe Goff could have won the Super Bowl with this same team. I don't think Stafford was a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Really? Yeah. I disagree. He's got 29,000 more yards than the next closest Lion quarterback. <laughs> yep. Uh, he was the fastest to 20,000 yards, fastest to 30,000 yards, and fastest to 40,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he had you know Megatron and some talented receivers, and they couldn't run the ball, so they had to throw. So that <laughs> right. kind of – but. I, I think he's in. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, you mentioned only one Pro Bowl, but, you know, guys on bad teams don't make Pro Bowls. Right. It's, it's just, tough. It's, it's not right, but that, it's a fact. Right. So, well, I, and especially nowadays with the Pro Bowl being, you know, somewhat of a fan, a fan vote, it, it's tough. Right. You know, that, it, and I'm not saying Stafford's not a household name or, you know, whatever, but he, he's always the quarterback that maybe doesn't get thought about as much or you know puts on the back burner when it comes to comes to fans so right i don't know <clears throat> this puts him in the limelight though i think and definitely uh, so you know we'll see how that goes but i i, I think uh i don't want to disagree with you on every point matt but i don't <laughs> but i don't think golf takes him to the super bowl yeah i don't I know don't. I, I, I think yeah i think stafford um not just his stronger arm and and uh maybe being able to hang in the pocket better but uh 
I think those bad years in Detroit maybe gave him a little little more will to win mm-hmm. with a team that he knew he could take somewhere. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, with that ring on his finger, I'm putting him in the hall of fame. Yeah. I, but I, I don't totally disagree with you on the, on the whole, you know, the, I think that defense was a big, 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 big part oh, of no why, doubt. why no the doubt. Rams, you know, made it to the Super Bowl and ultimately won it. Uh, because I mean, if, if you're going along those lines, you, you could say, you know, does Trent Dilfer does, you know, Brad Johnson, right. you know, a couple of those guys that, that won Super Bowls with, great defenses do they deserve to be in the hall of fame no but i think stafford also has a lot more stats and a lot better you know stats than than those guys and just i think will have a little bit longer career and longevity in in the in the nfl to keep building that that resume so but i I think if he if he keeps them in that super bowl picture you know either you know the the uh, nfc championship or super bowl if he gets there a couple more right. times yeah his playoff then, then i can not maybe great. see it but, but right now i i say absolutely not yeah okay yeah <clears throat> all right very good well let's uh let's move on we're done with pro football for the year um let's go to the great american race daytona 500 this weekend we'll move from california to the sunshine state <laughs> um this is the debut of the next generation cars um although they did have the uh you know kind of the exhibition exhibition race, race last weekend <clears throat> or two weekends ago i guess it was um inside the, the coliseum. coliseum there but uh this is the first race for uh for it actually points means and, means yeah, something. for points and for money so and uh, find, we'll get to see him finally going wide open too that, yeah. that track wasn't enough to, yeah. to really yeah, see what those cars can do seeing those those <laughs> cars that you know are capable of 200 mile an hour barely barely getting up to speed there but uh right. you know I, then and NASCAR is still tweaking their, tweaking their qualifying. I, this thing was so confusing for me. I, <laughs> how they're doing this? They, you know, there's the the two rounds of qualifying that sets the lineup for the duels, and then the first ten of the finish in race one are on the inside row. The first ten in race two are on the outside row. I was, I couldn't make sense of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I was. I think NASCAR is still tweaking this thing. Yeah, I think definitely. You know, we we've talked about it. You know, last year and then you know, obviously this year is. I think NASCAR is still trying to find you know a way to to, to draw in you know a, a different crowd or more you know more of a crowd or whatever um, outside of you know your average NASCAR racer just to you know have better ratings and, you know, more viewership and things like that. So they're, they're, they're trying whatever they can or, you know, pulling in whatever, you know, pulling whatever strings they have to, 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 you know, um, to get, get more people to watch. But it sounds like they're even trying to get people now to start even watching some of the qualifying, which typically has hardly anybody in the stands to watch that. Right. Right. And so I think, I think for me, kind of the two big storylines, maybe not necessarily for the, for the Daytona 500, but just on the season, you know, in general um, is, you know, we got, you know, we talked about last year, you know, Michael Jordan, it's his first seat, you know, last year was his first team or first time as a, as an owner in NASCAR. And this is his second season. So what does, you know, what does Bubba Wallace do with this, with this second season here? And, you know, yeah, we talked about, he didn't have the the best success, but, you know, he finished 21st in the, in the point standings last year, which is actually so far in his career. I mean, it's been a very short career so far, but in his career so far, 21st has been the highest he's placed in the, in the points. So, you know, maybe not, maybe not where they wanted to be, you know, from a point standpoint, you know, and obviously missed out on the, the 16, you know, team playoff there, but, um, 
you know, but they also added, um, and I didn't know this, but they added a second, second car this year. Um, Kurt, Kurt Busch is going to be their, their second driver. And we, you know, he's had some success oh, in, yeah. in, in yeah. NASCAR he and things like that. He brings a lot to that team, a lot so, of talent. you know, from what I was reading, uh, the Jordan Jordan's team goal for this year, both cars make it to the playoffs this wow. year. That, that's, that's their, that's Pretty their lofty. goal. That, that's, lofty. that's what they're, that's what they're hoping for. And, you know, obviously they want to keep it going. I mean, it wasn't just a one year kind of flash in the pan. They're, they're, you know, coming back for this second, second season and, and, you know, hoping to do, hoping to do big things in NASCAR. So, you know, that'd be kind of a storyline to, to keep track of throughout the whole, the whole season, but see what, what they can do to, to start the season off at, at Daytona 500 at the Daytona 500. So, yeah. And then back, back to the 500, you know, th- this race, I, I think these ra- drivers are going to be, they're going to be a little cautious right now because all the cars with this new setup and the new car style is they're all getting their parts from the same supplier. And mm. they, they said, really, there's a, a huge supply problem right now. <laughs> okay. So these drivers really only have, Welcome to have their, they, they've, <laughs> yeah. they've got their main car and now they've got maybe one backup car. Right. So, and that backup car is pretty much set up for the following week. Mm-hmm. So they really have no, no chance at a backup car. So they're going to be extra cautious and right. qualifying. And then, you know, not, you don't, want, you don't the, really want to bust up your right. car for another race in the future either. Right, so, right. so, so a, a race like Daytona that's known for for the big crash, yeah. I, I could see this being a, a little more cautious out of all these drivers, right. and, and we may not get that. We, we may get to see a little bit more racing than right. what we normally do because with, it seems like a lot in NASCAR with all the cautions and whatnot, you you only see about seventy laps of actual racing right. because <laughs> the rest of them they're they're in caution, caution or, in, or in the pits yeah. or you know whatever. So maybe. We'll actually get to see a little bit more racing as a result. I'm not saying it'll be maybe it won't be the greatest of racing, but we'll at least see more more laps around the track. Yeah, so I, I think this one will will honestly come down to, to some of the traditional favorites here mm-hmm. in Daytona. We got guys like Denny Hamlin who's won it twice. You got Joey Logano who's won it. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. I look for those guys to be running up running up towards the top and probably taking the win in this thing. Yeah, right. yeah. And another just quick you know storyline here is um, you know we I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Floyd Mayweather making his debut in, in NASCAR as yep. well as a, yep. as a new, a new owner. Um, he has, he's not, they, they don't know if they'll have a car in the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. because unfortunately they don't have a, a charter with, you know, that automatically qualifies them to be in the team. So they actually have to, they have to do a couple of the duels. They have to do a bunch of the qualifying stuff to even be able to race in the big race. Um, so it'll be, interesting storyline to kind of keep track of throughout the week or whatever to see if they actually do qualify for for the Daytona 500 but you know just another new owner that you know I guess NASCAR is attracted to you know to the sport so you know we'll see we'll see how they do in their you know first kind of inaugural season and you know what they're what they're able to do and right right. um so yeah another another storyline from from NASCAR to keep keep track of all right we're gonna take a real quick commercial break uh ask you to stay tuned and we'll come back at you with some basketball stuff. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
sticking with us. We're going to get into some NBA stuff right now. Um, first, the trade deadline was this past week. So before we get into the All-Star game, kind of the unofficial halfway point of the NBA season, um, let's let's talk some trade deadline stuff. Give me your winners and losers, the trade deadline. Yeah, man, I don't know if you want to start us start us off there with your with your winners or, you know, some teams or, you know, some players that maybe uh, set themselves up to be, you know, going forward after this NBA All-Star weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I'll run down real quick. I picked a winning team and a winning player in this one. I think the Nets actually came out as a winning team here. They get rid of a player in Harden who's been injured throughout his career while he's been there in Brooklyn, and he, he wanted out. He didn't want to be there. He, he's ready to go, so to get rid of that kind of player and get three very talented players, good pieces for their team, and Ben Simmons, uh, uh, Seth Curry, and uh, Andre Drummond. I mean, those are nice pieces there that can really help in Brooklyn. I I think that was a great deal. And not to mention, they got two first-round draft picks on top of that. So uh, for for what was funny was when, when the 76ers were first shopping Ben Simmons, they wanted a star and two draft picks for Ben Simmons. Right. They end up giving <laughs> up two draft picks with Ben Simmons right. to get rid of them. Yeah. So I, that, that really worked out crazy. And then that takes me to my winning player. I think Ben Simmons is, is the winner here. He finally gets that fresh start he's been wanting. He ended up in a spot where I think his game can excel. He, he's not, he doesn't have to be the primary scorer, but he's a great ball hitter. He's a great uh, defensive player. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they space the floor a little more. They don't have that big clogging up the middle kind of like, right. like the 76ers did. So his, his game will play better there. I think that's a huge win for Ben Simmons. Right. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see with him. You know, he's obviously hasn't played at all this year. It'll be interesting to see can he live up to, you know, that hype or all that talk of, you know, I, I'm i not playing for the 76ers. Okay, well, you've been sitting this long or whatever. Now you now it's time to shine here. Right. Here, this is See your moment. You got. you got what you wanted. You got out of seven out of Philadelphia. Now, you know, put your, you know, put your money where your mouth is and then, you know, produce for the Nets who, you know, if he can, I mean, they obviously elevated themselves to, you know, a real, real contender there, there in the, in the East. So, you know, hats off to them. But yeah, for me, the, my, my winner was, was the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, currently they're, they're sitting at 23 and 34, you know, they're 11th. They're on the, on the cusp of making that 10th spot there for, for the playoffs. Um, you know, due to the fact that the NBA playoffs have expanded now with the, with the play in tournament. So they're, you know, right there hunting for hunting for a spot and they have been playing a lot, a lot better, you know, as, as of late, but now they add a piece in, in CJ McCollum to, you know, what seems to be a pretty decent, um, you know, young core. They got, you know, Brandon Ingram there, you know, hopefully, you know, at some point Zion will, will be back to play for them at, at some point in the, in, you know, in this season. Um, and then you add, you know, another, another score in, in CJ McCollum, obviously I don't think that they wanted to necessarily give up a, you know, a decent point guard in, in Josh Hart to, to get him. But I just think that, that CJ McCollum brings some things that maybe New Orleans was, was lacking prior to this trade. And that was, you know, just a, a high end shot creator. I think CJ is one of the, one of the better, you know, better ones that do creating his own shot, you know, in, in the league, uh, better perimeter shooter than, than Josh Hart. And, uh, you know, just better half court playmaking from, from CJ McCollum. Yeah. He might not be the best on ball defender or the best defender in the league, but if you also look at it, Josh Hart during this kind of winning streak or, you know, this, this better winning, you know, percentage for, for new Orleans over the last, you know, several weeks of, of the season, they've, they've been better defensively when Josh Hart wasn't, wasn't on the, on the floor. So, I mean, I don't think that they're giving up a ton by, by getting CJ McCollum on the, on the defensive side of the ball. I think they added a, a nice piece without having to give up too too much for him. And, uh, you know, I think 
sets him up to, to make a push, you know, maybe to make a push not only to make the playoffs, but maybe get a little bit better seeding to, to help themselves out. Well, you know, since you mentioned C.J. McCollum, I'll just go ahead and give you my losing team. <laughs> and that, that's the Portland Trailblazers. They've right. officially given up. They're trading McCollum, Nance Jr., and Snell. Yep. And they're saying now Lillard's probably going to sit out for the rest of the year with his injury. He's got no reason to be playing on that team. They're, they're playing for draft picks. And I don't, I don't know this could spell the end of Lillard there in Portland. He All may right. start to want to try to force his way out. Right. Well, yeah. you know, he made the statement he wanted to stay. But after the showing this year, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you'll hear that coming out of the Lillard camp anymore. So. Right, right. My winner, the Cleveland Cavaliers, All picking right. up Karis LeVert. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, they're sitting in fourth there in the East. Surprise. Only two games. Surprise there yeah, in the East. Yeah, uh, and... only two games out of first place at 35 and 23. And they needed a ball handler, you know, with Ricky Rubio going down mm-hmm. and then Colin Sexton going down. They're both done for the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they pick up LeVert. The guy is a great ball driver he can drive but i think one place he'll have to to carry this team further one one place he'll have to pick up is off that driving to the hoop he's gonna have to learn to dish the ball um you know he's a great he's a great one-on-one offensive player but uh he's gonna have to learn to be able to get that assist ratio up keep turnovers down so Mm -hmm. but but uh you know it was something it was a piece that the Cavs desperately needed and uh, hopefully, you know, they could continue on this uh, run that they've been on. And you got to love they're bringing a hometown boy, a guy from Ohio, back to Ohio to mm-hmm. play for the Cavs. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. So, Absolutely. Colton, you want to give me your losers? Yeah, yeah. For me, the loser, I mean, I don't know if this will come as a shock to anybody, but for a loser for me was was the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, and I think it's maybe because of their own, their own doing at this point. And, you know, they're currently sitting at 26 and 31, ninth in the West, which, you know, is they're they're currently in the playoffs and they're two games behind the Clippers for for the eighth spot there there in the West. But they, obviously this team is not where they want to be or you know where they thought they would be. And and to me, the Russell Westbrook experiment has been a total disaster. I mean it's it's and I wouldn't even say it's been a disaster. It's been a, just an up and down roller coaster ride. I mean there's been flashes where he has shown that he is the Russell Westbrook that they were envisioning that he would be, and then there's just been times where. He he's he hasn't been where they've had to they've had to bench him in, in crucial situations, crunch time, uh, and you know Anthony Davis has been hurt and, and things like that. But I think at the same time they they built this team, and they, but they couldn't really do anything at the, at the at the trade deadline. They don't have any assets. They don't have anybody that anybody wants. Um, I mean, your your best asset you would say for the Lakers is a, a, a you know a guy that shoots thirty percent, you know less than thirty percent from the three point line. You know, and, and he's a role player. So, you know, when you're trying to swap role players or, you know, ship out role players, you want, some, you know, you want a guy that maybe is a, you know, a, an outside shooter that, that somebody would be like, you know what, that's exactly what we need. We'll, we'll take a chance or whatever. But yeah, like I said, the, the, the Lakers don't really have any assets that anybody would want to say, you know, we're willing to make, make a trade. And, and I think that's, you know, because of the Lakers doing of, you know, just being so you know, so invested money wise in so many of their, you know, star players, they, they had to build a roster of, of guys that, you know, who knows, you didn't know what you were going to get. And then, you know, now it's not, it's not working, but nobody else wants to take those guys off your hands when it, when it's not working in LA. So, you know, I, I think that the Lakers are, you know, in, in big trouble here, unless they can, you know, some, some kind of magical switch happens over the second half of the season. I, I still think they make the playoffs. Yeah. But, the, the teams behind them, I mean, they can kind of, 
probably coast into those last right. co- you know, couple spots of the play in. So, but is that where they? they, they right, that's obviously not, not where to, they want to be. This is not where this team wants to be. They didn't. They didn't assemble this team. They didn't put this team together to just make the playoffs or maybe possibly right. pull off a first round upset. Or right. I mean, they, they they were you know built to you know try to win an, uh, an NBA finals and. At the moment, I, I just don't see that team right now. So, and I, I already gave you my losing team. I'll give you my losing player. I picked Kristoffer uh, Zingas. How the mighty have fallen. This guy in New York was the next surefire superstar. Got traded to Dallas, and we thought, oh, he's going to win a championship in Dallas. Right. Pair, pair him with Luka Doncic. Yeah, where it's finally going to work. And now he's traded <laughs> to the Washington Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddle and Davis Burton's. Mm-hmm. I mean, how right. the mighty have fallen well, we, there. Before you go too far, you just pick my losing team, <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Matt said, you give up Porzingis, who's averaging over 19 points a game, shooting over 45% from the field for for Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. who is was supposedly this three-point expert. Mm-hmm. He's shooting under 32% from three. You're paying. He's got a three-year contract worth almost fifty million, and and Spence Dinwiddle, who is two hundred and twenty-fifth out of two hundred and forty-eight in shooting percentage. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't know what the what the heck. This yeah. is a head scratch. I know that there was some issues between Doncic and, and Porzingis. They they didn't seem like they always played well together, but. It was working. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as ugly as it may have been, at and, night, and the Mavericks definitely have been playing a lot better as of. I mean, they got off to a real slow start. Obviously, yeah. they got a new new head coach there and Jason Kidd, and they got right. off to a real bad bad start. But they they've been playing a lot better as as of late, and I I think you know Porzingis was obviously contributing to that. You know, in in some respects. So now you're basically putting it all on, on Doncic to carry you the rest of the way here, right. and sure. and I mean, I think that's only going to go get you so far at, yeah. at least in in a competitive west in the west conference. i mean they're, they're sitting in fifth right now i mean really it's been kind of the suns and everybody else right now, right the warriors are trying to make a run there but they're still five games out but uh mm-hmm. of, of first place but um I, I don't know this this was a head scratcher to me unless you know the just the friction between those two guys was was more than the locker room could bear. And at the same and at the same time, I think the injury bug was still it, it didn't obviously plague Porzingis nearly as much as it had when he was in New York. Um, but it, it was still there. I mean, he every so often he would be sitting out of games with knee soreness or you know just you know stuff like that. So injury bug, I, I don't know. I don't. know. Maybe the Mavericks were thinking we better trade him now before something serious does happen where we get absolutely nothing for him or, you know, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it just seems like they're, they're putting all of their, you know, eggs are putting all of the, you know, carrying the load on, on Doncic's shoulders. And not that I don't think he's capable of doing it because he's, you know, a phenomenal, he phenomenal guy, but you know, I just think that's a lot to, a lot to ask for in, in, in today's NBA. So right, right. Okay, well, um, where are we going next? We're going to go do some all-star talk. You want to uh, you want to talk snubs first? Uh, no, we'll, we'll start with the skills, the, the skills competitions okay, let's do first. That. So. All right, all right. So uh, they they mix things up again this year. Uh, the there's three teams of three players that are in the skills competition. Mm-hmm. There's a team shooting, a team passing, a team relay, and then the two teams that make it to the finals. It's a who can make a half court shot the quickest? I don't know. This is, this is kind of odd to me. I yeah, it's a strange, know. strange setup than what they normally do. I don't know that it makes it any better or worse. Or I just, it's, it's different. I will, you know, obviously it's different. Um, 
and we'll see how it, how it plays out because obviously I feel like this is like a trial run. Like they might continue to do this if it works out well. I just don't know how well it's going to, you know, going to work. I mean, I feel like it should be an individual like event like th- yeah, th- that's this is way better back when it was the best point guards in the league right battling it out in the right. skills competition right. this is this is silly and they've got a bunch of guys that have no business doing anything that <laughs> remotely says all-star behind it. right i mean thanis anacumpo alex anacumpo those guys but one of them's playing in the G League. He's not even an NBA player. Yeah, I mean, so the only reason they're there is because they're brother. Right, right. right. Yeah, it, it's it, it's silly. I, I just I, I I'm not a fan of how they set this up. I I think if I got to pick a winning team, I'm going Team Rooks with Scotty Barnes, okay. Kate Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. But uh, I, no, I, I'm not a fan of how this got set up. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very I, underwhelming. I think if I had to had to pick a winner, I think I'm going Team the home the hometown team going with Team Cavs. I just think that they you know have kind of a versatile unit that. You know, those guys are a little bit good at, at a good mixture of all those different events, you know, because I think that's that's what's going to come down to is, right. you know, obviously you can't just be good at one particular category. you got to be, you know, somewhat balanced at, at all of them. So I feel like the Cavs have a, have a decent balance there with, you know, a couple of their bigs and and, a, and, and their guard there. So I like, you know, the hometown team to, to possibly bring home the, the gold or bring home the trophy, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, the next one, <clears throat> the three-point contest. Um, there's some familiar names in here. I, I think this is going to be pretty competitive. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Trey Young and Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, uh, Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Fleet. I mean, you got some. You got some big names. Yes, big, big time three-point shooter. There. Yeah, uh, this, this is a lot, lot closer to being an all-star worthy competition. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I mean, a couple guys are still missing in my mind. Right. You, you don't have the Seth Curry. Yeah, right. That stuff out there. Who but. is a defending champion? Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be. I think it's interesting that they threw. Uh, excuse me. They threw Carl Anthony Towns in mm-hmm. there. You know, being a big man. I mean. The guy shoots it, you know, at a 40, you know, 40, what is it? Uh, where do I got it here? 40.8%. He makes it, but he only, he only attempts like two and uh, five attempts per game. So like right. as a very small, you know, sample That's size compared to like the rest of the rest of the guys. So I don't think I, I'm just, I, I think he'll get tired because mm-hmm. with not, you know, shooting that many threes in the regular season and then going into this competition where I think, you know, fatigue and, and, and stamina, plays a plays a role in this one. I mean, cause I, I forget how many shots they, they take, but you know, it, it, it gets to you towards the end there. Right. Your legs are getting heavy. Your arms are, you know, getting a little bit heavy. So I, I don't know that he'll do all that, all that great in, in this competition, but just found it interesting that they throw, you know, a big man in there to, you know, potentially, you know, shake, shake things yeah. up a little bit. I look for that to be the high point of the weekend. Cause then you move on to the slam dunk contest. So, yeah. uh, uh, a couple stinker. of these guys I don't even heard of. Right? <laughs> And I, you know, I consider myself a, a basketball fan, but yeah, Juan Toscana Anderson, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, it's uh, a couple of these guys are are rookie. I mean, Jalen Green is is a rookie. Um, Obi Toppin was in the dunk contest last, last year. Last year. Um, he, he's last my favorite. That guy can absolutely jump out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got you know some athleticism. He's got to be the favorite, I think, going in. Yeah, um, I think you know if I, if I'm picking somebody to win in this one, I, I'm going with the kind of I think the dark horse. And what from what I was reading, I think he has the 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 worst odds to win the dunk contest, and that that's Cole Anthony, um, and, yeah. and that's because for me, he, he's the shortest of all of the competitors. So for me, I think that that. When, when I'm doing some judging, like, yeah, like when he pulls off something, you know, crazy, that's a little bit more, you know, spectacular t- to me than a guy that's, 
six foot six or six foot eight that that's dunking and and this guy just you know Cole Anthony has a, has a unbelievable vertical and just you know a, a freakish athlete so I think I, that's that's who I would be picking as long I'm not gonna say if he just goes up there and dunks it like he's automatic winner right. he has to do some spectacular stuff to to really sway my vote but you know that that plays into my voting if, if I was those, a judge. Those little guys with the big vertical, they can hang in the air longer and it gives them more time to do their do their thing right. while they're hanging there. Right, so right. That could work to his advantage. Yeah. I'll tell you, All-Star Weekend it used to be must-watch TV for me. Well, this, especially like the skills yeah. things leading up yeah, to the All-Star. Yeah, it was all exciting, real right. fun. Yeah. This, this is must-DVR TV for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch it just because it's sports and I, right. I want to see it, but right. I probably won't spend the time to watch Maybe, it. Live. Probably not glued to the TV to, yeah. to, to watch yeah. it. <clears throat> well, before we get into the actual all-star game at Rock and Roll Central, uh, let's let's go with our snubs for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colton, what you got? Uh, so for me, I thought I thought both rosters, you know, both guys that were, were selected to, to the all-star teams, I thought were were good. I thought, you know, they, they did, the a, most part, did a, did a most, you know, did a pretty good job of assembling the, the best of the best, I right. thought. Um, and, and even the guys that originally got picked and then you know some other guys that that replaced them because of injuries or you know some other things I thought I thought they picked even the right replacements for those guys so you know for me I only had I I was struggling to find one snub Mm -hmm. but I I, you know the big one that stands out to me and that that's that's Drew Holiday the the guard from from Milwaukee Um, and for me I think he should have been replacing his teammate Chris Chris Middleton and not to say that Chris Middleton isn't having a, a, a good good season but Drew Holiday's having an exceptional season. Right. And, and, you know, I tell you that because he's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from the three-point line. Uh, he's averaging over, you know, a little over 20 points a game, uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, five rebounds, uh, and has been injured, you know, part of part of the season, got off to kind of a slow start, but has really been turning things on here here recently. So, you know, I guess if I had to pick one, you know, the one that I, that I was able to say that was kind of a – kind of a slap in the face i think i think drew drew holiday was yeah, one. i think be, yeah he was my pick to matt before we let you go i sure. just kind of but i thought the guy maybe he should have replaced was donovan mitchell from the jazz mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh if you go stat for stat you know i know they're on different teams so and different teams play different ways but you know colt said 50 percent over 50 percent for the floor for holiday where mitchell's only shooting 45 percent mm-hmm. uh Holiday's almost six percentage points better from three and uh, over one and a half assists more a game. So yeah. uh, to me, that, that could have been one that, uh, you know, Colton picked Chris Middleton that was also from the Bucks, But I thought maybe Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to me, like Colton said, it was hard to pick snubs. I picked a couple snubs from the original vote. They've actually both since gotten in to replace injury guys. I had LaMelo Ball, who's been an absolute star for the for a Hornets team that's much better than anticipated this year. Mm-hmm. And then I picked Cavaliers big man, Jared Allen, who's probably the second best big in the league this year. Yeah. I mean, both of these guys were originally snubs. They like I said, they've both since made it in as, as injury replacements. So so great for them. I'm I'm glad that kind of got righted there. Right. And then what Colt was talking about with Drew Holiday being a, a, a snub, that leads me to my big surprise, and that was Chris Middleton getting in mm-hmm. over Drew Holiday. I, I thought yeah. That was just – it was a little confusing. Middleton's been the third option on, on 
a team that's what fourth, third or fourth best in, yeah, in the East. It's almost right. like they went to the Bucks, but then checked the wrong box. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seems like it to me. Um, but yeah, yeah. so. But yeah, overall, I thought that that the committee or you know the fans or you know whoever did did a really you know nice job of, of assembling the, the team and, and and picking the right the right guys. Even like I said, even the guys that got replaced because of injuries, I thought they picked the, the right guys to, to replace them with. So overall, probably one of the better better jobs when it when it came to you know picking picking all stars. And yeah. it's always tough. I mean, there there are just so many. I mean, there's obviously only so many all star spots, and there are just so many guys that you know are phenomenal play. I mean, they're the best of the best in the NBA and to take that best of the best and then cut it down even more. I mean, it, it's, sure. it's tough, but yeah. uh, I thought they did, you know, did. Well, then pretty... you got to pick your starting lineups out of that. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so then we'll actually get into the actual game then and, and, you know, see what we, what we think about that, about who, who we think is going to, you know, got the better team going into right. it. You know, obviously team LeBron and, and team Durant, um, you know, another, draft style that they that they you know went through or whatever so yeah, why, don't well, you, why don't you run down those lineups for us real quick yeah to give us an idea who's where <clears throat> yeah so team lebron um their, their head coach is actually uh monty monty williams the, the head coach for the phoenix suns so obviously the the best you know best coach in the west gets gets the gets the coach the, the team lebron out there so but as far as the the starters go obviously we got lebron james from the from the lakers we got Giannis Antetokounmpo, we got nikola Jokic. DeMar DeRozan and Steph Curry, which I think is a, a phenomenal starting, starting five. Um, and then for the kind of the bench players or reserves for, for team LeBron, you got Luka Doncic, uh, Darius Garland, Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, Fred, Fred Van Fleet, and then Jarrett, Jarrett Allen. So to me, looking just, you know, the eye test, I think team LeBron definitely has the, has the edge, but uh, you know, for, for team Durant, they have then over there, they'll have uh, Eric Spolstra, the, the coach from, from the Miami Heat, will be their head coach. So interesting pick. The Heat, the Heat are playing real well here as of late. So, you know, obviously that that's um, you know, kudos to, to the to the coach there for the for the Heat. But starters wise for, for Team Durant and you know, unfortunately team, you know, Durant picks his team, but he more than likely, you know, won't be playing in this right, game or right. whatever. So that's you know you lose probably one of your your better players to not even be able to start. But you got you got Andrew Wiggins, uh, the forward from Golden State. You got uh, Jason Tatum, um, and then you got Joel Embiid, Ja Morant, and, and Trey Young. So I, I think it's kind of a contrasting two styles when it comes to starters because you got a lot more bigs I think in the starting lineup for Team LeBron and a few more guards in that starting lineup for Team Durant. So. We'll see who gets the kind of the better of the of the starting lineup there matchup. But then for the reserves or you know, bench players for Team Durant, you got Devin Booker, uh Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, uh DeJounte Murray, Chris Middleton, uh Lamelo Ball, and, and Rudy Gobert, and potentially Draymond Green. They they still have him on the on the roster, but I I, I swear somebody replaced him or that, you know, somebody took it took his spot because I think he's got dealing with like a back issue or something like that, that I don't, I don't think he's going to, going to be playing, but you know, so I don't know what you got. What do you guys think about, you know, who, who do you, who do you think is going to pull this one out or who, who's got the better, the better lineup? I think the starting five is better on team James, but mm -hmm. overall, I think the, the guys coming off the bench are going to, for team Durant, you, I think you got a stronger bench player. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think, I think Tim team Durant's going to pull this out. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you got, yeah, you, you got Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, the bigs on the bench there that can come off and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and defend the rim. So uh, to me, I don't know. I just, I just like, 
I like the lineup better with T. Durant, so I'm going to give them the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me, you know, taking my initial thoughts, looking at both these rosters, Team LeBron is where my mind was going. But after digging in on both these teams' stats, they're actually very similar all the way across the board. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the scoring-wise, they, they average about the same amount of points between sure. all the players. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going with Team Durant because – the members on their team are averaging only their second all-star appearance okay. compared to the geriatric team LeBron, <laughs> okay. who has most most of the veterans on there. They're averaging their sixth all-star appearance. Okay. I just I think these guys they're they're younger. You know, I think they're more, more excited. Hungry, about I, it. I looked yeah. at that too, man. I, I and I forgot to mention that, but that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's definitely going to be interesting because I think, like I said, with Team LeBron starting five, they got a lot of height there, but then the height kind of drops off yeah. when they when they have to make some switches or you uh-huh. know make some. Uh, some substitutions, whereas, you know, on the on the flip side for Team Durant, you know, they they have a lot more bigs to, to swap in and out. So just be interesting to see how how Team LeBron, you know, kind of defends the, the height for, for Team Durant. But I just think, you know, at, at the same time, LeBron's team has has the better kind of veterans, as as Matt, as Matt mentioned. So I, I think Team LeBron, you know, gets the win and, and uh, maybe maybe in a closer game than, than what you would look at maybe eye test wise. So, sure. yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, let's go uh, down to the minor leagues. Uh, the college ranks, we got our five pick'em games of the week. Uh, we'll start with a game in the Big Ten, number 12, Illinois, at 18-6, and six, going into East Lansing, and Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans at 19, at, and uh, with an overall record of 18-7. and seven. Give me your thoughts on this game, fellas. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, the, the, this is the second time these teams, you know, two teams are, are playing each other. The first time it, it was decided by a single point. Illinois came out on top 56 to 55. But, you know, I think in that in that game, if I remember correctly, Illinois' big man and their star player, Kofi Coburn, didn't, didn't play in that game, and they still managed to come out on top by a point. Now he's going to play in this game, and he's a, he's a crucial piece to that Illinois, Illinois team. He's averaging a little over 21 points a game. Uh, almost 12 rebounds. I think he's going to be a big, a big one. Michigan State has not been playing well as as of late. I, I like the Illini to go into Michigan State and get get a W and, and stay atop that Big Ten standings. Yeah, Illinois is only averaging three more points a game than Michigan State, but Michigan State doesn't have anybody on their roster who's going to be able to handle Kofi Coburn. I think that's going to be the difference. I think Kofi has a big game, and I think that leads them to a double double digit win. Okay. Ooh. All right. Well, let's go three for three. I All like right. the Fighting Goliath in this game as well. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, obviously Kofi, you know, is a big story there. But I don't know. To me, Michigan State just just hasn't played that well against against uh, good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've lost to Kansas, Baylor, Illinois. In Wisconsin, and only have wins against uh, UConn, and uh, they're split with Wisconsin. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're two and four against uh, top, you know, ranked teams. So, I'm going to give Illinois the edge. And Illinois, you know, they're playing right now uh, against a surprising Rutgers team, who's, <laughs> yeah. who's beat some big names here in the recently. last couple of weeks. Yeah, in, in, in last couple of weeks. So, but I'm going to get, even though they're going into Michigan State's home territory, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm still going to give the edge to Illinois. And as I say this, uh, they're down by nine points at halftime to Rutgers. Still Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers is making a, a fantastic run, yeah, you know, fantastic yeah. push to March here. Definitely. And, I, I think they're in already. Yeah. And we'll, we'll uh, get into that. It might be a topic we, we, we yeah, save sure. for next week. Sure. So definitely okay. yeah, you know, something to talk about. Not put the cart before the horse. <laughs> um, next one, uh, I got uh, number 11, Texas Tech. At nineteen and six, going into Texas, 
number 20 at 19 and 7. Mm-hmm. Who do you like in this one, Matt? Yeah, you know, looking at the stats on paper, it should be a close game. However, these two teams just met about a week ago, mm-hmm. and Tech won that game by 13 points. Yeah. I, I do think this game will be a little bit closer with Texas being at home, but I think Texas Tech's going to pull it out. Yeah, and if you look at that that matchup uh, a couple weeks ago, both teams combined for 45 fouls in that Ooh. game and shot uh, combined 49 free throws. So I think we're going to see, you know, both these teams that I think Texas Tech plays a little bit better defense without fouling. Uh-huh. Texas, absolutely not. They, they average almost 20 fouls a game. I think we're going to see – a free throw shooting contest. Texas Tech gets the gets the edge in the, in that one, shooting slightly better than than Texas at the free throw line. I think it maybe be a little bit closer than the thirteen point blowout we had a couple weeks ago. But I like Texas Tech in in a close one in in this one. Wow, I guess uh, we're going three for three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech uh, got has Baylor tonight uh, at nine o'clock. Uh, they're a little better against ranked teams. They're five and three, or Texas is three and five. So. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Red Raiders in this one as well. All right. Next one on the slate. And all these games are on Saturday, by the way. I, I probably forgot to mention that. Sometimes you, we'll get a, a good game on a Friday night. But all these games are on Saturday. So you got number 25, Alabama, um, at 16-9, going into Kentucky at 21-5. And Kentucky just took a bad loss last night to Tennessee. They, Tennessee led the whole game and, and really just dominated Kentucky last night. Yeah, in and, and a game where, you know, Kentucky a few weeks ago or, you know, a month or so ago beat Tennessee by almost 30. Right. They turned around and, you know, lose by double digits to, to Tennessee. So, so just a, a wacky uh, season we're having in, in college basketball. But we'll be I'll, good I'll when it comes to – my pick first. I'm going with the Wildcats. Right. Um, I think, you know, they're they're a more proven team. That You know, they've played in some big games and – you know, and, and with it being in rough arena, I, I got to go with the Wildcats. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I like I like the Wildcats, and, and this is why. Uh, the, the, Alabama, they average 33s a game, attempt 33s a game. The only problem is they shoot 28% from wow. the three-point line. So I don't get it why you keep hucking threes or keep hoisting threes when you, you know you can't make it. So it seems – like a desperation type move for for me. And for, they've won quite a few games, so it's not like they're playing from behind all right. game long. Yeah, so it, it's a there. very intriguing stat that I found very very you know head scratching. But yeah, they they're attempting thirty threes, which is first in the SEC, the most out of any team in the SEC. But they're shooting twenty eight percent, which is good for eleventh in the SEC. So surprising they're the, they're not dead last in the SEC <laughs> in, in in three point percentage. There are teams out there that are worse than them, but yeah, I just think. You know, Kentucky does a nice job of defending. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna make them, you know, force a lot of you know three three. They're giving attempts. up eleven points less a game than what uh, Alabama is. I think that gives them the edge as well. Yeah, I think I think better better defense from Kentucky. They get a win on their on their home court. And we're gonna make it three for three here. Wow. Like Kentucky's better in every major statistical category. Couple that with their playing at home and and yeah, you did say they did just lose big to Tennessee, but they've had a couple other stinkers this year. But then they've come off those stinkers and really just looked blew it up and looked right, awesome. Right, yeah. So I, I I look for them to rebound and and, and just and it helps play, when you when you get to play at home. Absolutely, sure. <clears throat> sure. All right, next one on the slate. Neither one of these teams are ranked, but they're probably going to see these will probably be two teams you probably be see playing in March um, if they can get in. You know, finish out strong. You got Notre Dame at eighteen and seven going up against Wake Forest. Wake Forest at twenty and seven. Um, Interesting stat I found: Notre Dame struggles with teams that play 
decent defense. And their seven losses, they only averaged 61 points. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in those games where they – where they did lose, it, it was mainly because they couldn't put the ball to hoop. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just shot bad. Uh, Wake Forest, the only ranked team they've played all year has been Duke twice, and they lost to them both times. But yeah. In heartbreaking fashion yeah, last night. Yeah, oh, my, oh my goodness. They had a chance to win that last night. But <clears> I got to give the, H, uh, the edge to the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest over Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going Wake Forest as well. They're averaging eight more points per game. I think their offense proves too much for Notre Dame and they get the win. Yeah, I think for me the key in this one, I, I like I like Wake Forest. I'm gonna make it, you know, another three for three for us here. But I think the key in this one is what does Notre Dame do from the three point line? That that has been, you know, kind of Mike Bray's uh, you know, his go to every year is you know, having a bunch of shooters that can just, you know, light it up from three-point range. But I think in those losses, why they have struggled to put the ball in the, in the hoop, you know, not only can they, you know, not make some easy buckets, but they've really, really struggled from the three-point line. And and so I think the key for Notre Dame, if they want to have a, have a chance in this game, is getting their star player in, in Dane Goodwin off to a hot start. He's shooting 47% from three-point wow. line. average, and, and, and he's only averaging 15 points, so I feel like he's – very kind of hot and cold or, you know, kind of a streaky shooter or maybe just doesn't get a lot of attempts, uh, you know, every game. So I think the key is to get him get him going early in the game, get him some some looks. But I just think overall, Wake Forest has the better team. They, they've looked, you know, they that game the other night, you know, last night against Duke, they were down by 19 at one point, battled all the way back and, you know, almost almost won the won the game. I just think there's a lot of a lot of heart in this in this Wake Forest, you know, no quit attitude in Wake Forest. I like Wake Forest to, to get the win. All right. Well, the last game on the slate, we got number 16, Tennessee, who, like we said, just beat Kentucky last night, coming in at 19 and 6 and going into Arkansas, who's ranked 23rd, uh, 20 and 6 overall. Arkansas is 2 and 0 against ranked teams. Tennessee's 4 and 4 against ranked teams. But I like the Volunteers here. I'm going to take Tennessee and a win. Um, but I think this will be a good game to watch. It'll be a fun game to watch, I think. But uh, I got to give the edge to Tennessee. I think they're they're playing really well uh, right now, obviously, uh, coming off a big win with Kentucky. But uh, I got to give them the edge. Yeah. Yeah, this game, looking at the stats, should be another close one. But, you know, Tennessee, like you said, is coming off the biggest win of their season after beating Kentucky by double digits. I think they have momentum on their side, and I think that's going to be enough to get this one done. I think it is going to be a close one, however. Yeah. Well, sorry, guys. Oh! I got. I got to break. I got to beat. I got to break the streak here. Okay. And I think right. uh, you know, finally, finally had to be done. But yeah, both both these teams are, are red hot coming into this game. Tennessee is five and zero in their past five games. Arkansas is four and one in their past five games. So you know, that Arkansas obviously getting getting the edge at, at playing playing at home and. You know what? You know what we what they did at home. You know the other you know last week against Auburn, the number one team in the country, and you know took Auburn to OT and, and got it done in overtime. So you know they 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 know what they have to do to beat you know top level competition. They they uh, you know average almost twenty two free throws a game. So and Tennessee tends to tends to you know foul quite a quite a bit. So I think this could be come down to another you know close game. I think uh, you know uh, Arkansas shoots it about 74% from the free throw line. So, you know, maybe not the greatest, but, you know, enough to, to, to make it, make it count. So I think Arkansas gets it, gets it done in, in a close game. Um, and, 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 you know, gets, gets another W in the, in the SEC. Right. I, I just like Tennessee, the fact that they've played eight ranked teams already. So yeah. they've played a lot of big games already this season. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little more battle tested. All right. Absolutely.
All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Uh, we're going to come back at you again next week on Wednesday night, live from Matt's basement. Um, I'll let Colton sign us out, but we, we appreciate you listening and then uh, keep hitting us up. Yeah. We, we thank you for listening to, to fire it up with your host, Colton Cal, chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And you know, if you guys want to hear us talk about something different or, you know, got a topic for a future episode or, you know, just got a, a burning sports question you want to hear us, you know, talk about on the, on the show, we, you know, really appreciate you guys, you know, reaching us out, reaching out to us on our social media. We get, we got an Instagram page at, fired up underscore podcast or you can find us over on facebook if you search for fired up comma sportscast so love to love to hear from some of the some of the fans about what's what's on your mind when it comes to sports and uh you know and and as always you can head over to our website which is www.firedup1.podbean.com where you find all of our past episodes and a little bit of information about the show but you can also find all of our episodes on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, pretty much pretty much anywhere where there there's a you know you can listen to podcasts. You can find our show. So appreciate you guys you know downloading and, and listening and and as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.